Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. James Baldwin. This piece is called Changes. Windows are open, birds are singing, coffee is hot, and I'm in a meditative mood this quiet morning. And then I saw James Baldwin's quote, and it called out to me, and I realized it was for reasons I'd rather not think about. I have been struggling of late with what is mine to face and what is not mine. I see people I love struggling with one thing or another, and I want to rush in and change it for them so they don't have to feel sad, bad, or angry. I think I know what they should do. I can see so clearly how I can help. And then the cycle begins. Their struggle becomes mine, not because they invited me in, but because I think I know how to quote-unquote help. On the surface, this seems sound to me primarily because I am by nature a person who wants to help, who wants to be known as a source of support. But there are so many facets to this line of thinking that in truth, I'm wrong on most of them. First off, we each have our own path to follow. I try to follow my own and stay true to myself as much as I can, but I say that I'm not always successful in this endeavor. This gives me an opportunity to adjust. Oftentimes, these adjustments themselves aren't exactly right either, so another learning curve presents itself. I do not like these curves. They test my resolve, my attempts to be a better person, and they are often just the test I need to get back on my own path. Sometimes I'm able to see just where to place my next step. Other times I wander off into the mud on one side or another and get so bogged down I can't even see the road. That's my clue to stop and take a moment to breathe, feel my angst, and ask for help. That last part is still a work in progress, but every time I am able to ask, it gets just a little bit easier, which provides a glimmer of hope that I can carry with me. This is the way my path looks. Other people's path can often look like they have stumbled into the mud as well. So I race over to help them out of it. Forgetting how to find my own way out was actually the most important part of that process. These days, I feel so soft on the inside. I want to make everyone else feel better so I can too. And all of a sudden, my wanting to help becomes a wanting to take over and do the other person's job. Rob them of their own experience and the opportunity to see how to right themselves. But then the situation becomes all about me, not them. I was in just this situation when I read James Baldwin's quote, thinking to myself how true it was, especially for me. Congratulating myself on knowing the rightness of his words, especially when I wanted to turn another person around so they could see the rightness of those words for them. I think my first thought, about how right the words are, is just what Baldwin wanted to convey. I do not think he meant for me to assume I had all the answers either for myself or anyone else. 
Herein lies my current quandary. It's so much easier to see what others need to do than it is to make my own adjustments. I don't even need to be present to agonize over another situation. I wonder why they can't see the right move, why they won't face what's right in front of them, begging to be addressed. Doing this helps me avoid my own problems, although I do try to push this thought to the back of my mind. Doing this creates a way for me to be quote-unquote helpful, another way of saying I know better than the other person. And doing this fuels my resentment that other people don't do what I know is best for them. I do not think I'm alone in this line of thinking. Come on, haven't you wanted to tell a friend what to do? Haven't you thought how much better the outcome would be if another person would just listen to you? If I'm wrong about this and I am the only person that is currently facing this issue, then I'm in much deeper mud than I thought. This could be true, but something tells me I'm not alone in this particular mud. So, taking the quote to heart, I find I'm feeling like I need to put a gag on myself. I don't know another way right at this moment to stop my process of thinking I know better. Being silent is not my strong suit. I do love silence, but keeping my mouth shut is a different thing altogether. I'm also sensing that along with keeping my mouth shut, I need to keep my mind open. Again, something I like to think that I do, but not so much in this context. Right now, I'm also thinking, well, now I have a resentment against James Baldwin for making me face what's right in front of my face. Is this a curse or a gift? I have to think that the gift lies in the curse of being unable to avoid facing what I need to face because I do want to change. I do want to be the person that listens, hears, and is supportive by being available for whatever shows up. I want people to know they can count on me to be there for them while they find their own way. My gosh, such a deep well of self-awareness from just one sentence. Why, thank you, James Baldwin. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on nowthatyouaskpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.